Hi, welcome to Memory Chips Podcast. I am Anne Wyshynski, and I have a collection of potato chip bags from around the world. And every so often, I go through this collection, and a certain bag or bags will bring up memories of people, places, ideas, and I really want to share these with you. So if you please subscribe, you will never miss a bag. I was lucky enough to be a resident artist at the Chinese European Art Center in Xiamen, Fujian Province, at the same time as Josie Jenkins. Josie is a painter whose subject matter is landfills and scrap heaps and other chaos. At the same time, she's a master of the refined and very orderly art of quilling. She was with me when I collected several of my Chinese chips bags, so we got together and reminisced and had a few laughs about chaos and order, wonder, and demons. So you were talking about quilling, and yeah. I was thinking, do you think that it's possible to quill potato chip bags? Well, I mean, there's this joke that, um, that in my old work, they had this joke that every, that my whole house was quilled and everything in it was quilled. <laughs> I thought it was really funny, and, but I love, see, that's, this is the thing that I really like about quilling is, when quillers they don't usually do this most quillers do like darling cards and you know cutesy stuff but I like it when quillers try to fake things are real but they're made of quilling so you know like um this is where it still relates to the idea of wonder you know when you have that it's the it's illusion isn't it illusion has so much to do with wonder because it's that idea where you're like I know what that is and then you're like oh no it's not is it oh that's made just of paper strips that's amazing so yeah could we quill a lace crisp bag like can we should we try it here I I, yeah I can show you tell me what to do I don't have the problem is it's so thin you wouldn't get it would you could make the bag out of quilling but then like it wouldn't be thin enough because that's like thin and flexible isn't it we no just... I mean not make the bag out of quilling I'm saying like use the use the material oh, of the bag oh gosh, no you've totally missed the point <laughs> okay tell me the point people ask this all the time they're like if I got this thing and rolled it up would that be quilling it's like no it's not made if it's not made of paper it's not quilling it's if it's you, a... know, you do know in the quilling guild we talk well, I would say we argue, we debate about these things all the time. On the committee, we have to debate about what is and what isn't quilling. We okay. read this subject all the time. And it's so where are you standing about. now? So why did you decide that it has to be paper? Who made that decision? Well, if you're going to be really postmodernist about it, we can just throw up our hands in the air and say everything's quilling. But then what kind of discussion are you going to have after that? <laughs> so if you're going to have a proper discussion about it, then... The answer is it really needs to be papered to be quilling. Otherwise, it's great, but it might, but it's not quilling. Okay. But it's great, but it's not quilling. Okay, but okay. So I, 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 I believe you. I'm just wondering. So since I, I was doing a little bit of reading about quilling, and 
just the origins of quilling. And it's like, well, which, but, but then that, but the first thing that it said in the Wikipedia entry was nobody knows the origins of quilling, but it could be China, which I thought was really interesting that you went to China to teach quilling to Chinese people. Is there a certain type of Chinese quilling that's different from? Yeah. So I've not heard the, it could be China thing, but what I, what I do believe is that as soon as you had paper, you started rolling it. So if you, so, you know, it probably was China. Yeah. <laughs> because like, what else would you want? What else would you do? You get that paper in your hand. You, you just roll it naturally, don't you? It's a thing. You can't help yourself. It's right. like a bus ticket or whatever. Right. So is that what you, is that how you define quilling? That it's paper rolling? Yeah, it's a, stri- it's a strip of paper. Now we have, we also then have discussions about what is a strip. So is a square a strip? How much of a rectangle does it need to be to be a strip? So and wait, one- and you guys, and you are the ones that are allowed to decide? Well, no, and that's the other conversation we have because then some amazing stuff is happening. So at the moment, there's um, something that's very fashionable, which is some people call it linear quilling or line quilling or line drawing with quilling. And essentially you get paper strips and on their edge and you stand them up. And they and you create a, a picture with a line drawing made out of the stood up. And there's some incredible stuff. And like, I don't want to say anything that makes it that bad because it's amazing. But it's like, I suppose the question is, it it just pushes. Maybe there's a, some kind of spectrum, and it's that's pushed quite far from the begin the origins of you know historical quilling, which was essentially rolling and manipulating looping strips of paper and so one thing we do in the quilling guild is that we we have a reference of techniques that we know exist and um from those techniques we we make sure we just tell people whether we've seen them in historical examples or not so we're not saying what is and what isn't and if we do competitions if the quilling guild puts on competitions we specify what we want to see from someone so a lot of the time we don't specify it has to use historical techniques. We just say strips, you know, rolling, looping. And it's up to the judges on that day to decide if they think that's quilling or not quilling. You know, if the, and especially if you say, well, I want you to use um, a variety of techniques, then okay. people kind of have to do something that's, you know, right. the basic stuff yeah. as well as the right, kind of right. more expressive, like, off piste whatever (laughs) well you say you say that um on your thing that you like to push the boundaries of your quilling so how do you do that like can you give an example of yeah um so like when I did the c platform thing I um it was more like experimenting with paper rolling paper so did think we were making some like paper bowls and having a go at like burning the paper before you roll it and seeing what it can look like um sometimes I quite like making bowls out of quilling I do quite a lot of bowls one of the times I made a bowl and then I burnt it but I also sanded it with sandpaper so then it becomes this kind of sculpture you know it's sort of not it is quilling but it's sort of gone then beyond you know it's definitely gone beyond the traditional and so I like doing that when you when you make those rolls like when you roll the the paper I mean it does it is pretty sturdy you know like once you roll it I mean it's all you're compacting paper together so it does like hold hold up that way so because it sounds weird to talk about sanding a paper bowl 
Yeah. <laughs> but I guess yeah. And like, you know, like the weight of the paper makes a difference as well. So if you want to, if you make something small, like you made a little bowl and then you say, oh, I want to do that again, replicate it, but big. The problem is you're rolling it with the same width paper and you can't, it doesn't transpose exactly the same big because that's your issue. Because yeah. I decided I wanted to, like, oh, I can make a chair. I thought, oh, I can make a chair out of quilling. <laughs> just, <laughs> I just need to get some wallpaper. And then I was like, tried it. And I was like, do you need millions of rolls of wallpaper? Because the wallpaper in comparison, relatively speaking, is thinner than, you know, the, the paper that you're using to make the small version. So, and then yeah. it's card. And then is it quilling? Because it's card. What is card? What is card? Well, it's what paper. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so card isn't paper? Well, it, how thick does it get before you say it's not paper? What if the paper's made of just... Card, cardboard is made out of paper. You what? Cardboard is made out of paper. Yeah, you just called it cardboard. So you're not calling it paper. Is it paper or is it cardboard? Well, when you when you take it to the recycling, they recycle it with the paper. They do. That's right. <laughs> case of roll paper but like you know like if paper's made of a tree then is it okay to just roll up a tree paper's made of cotton is it okay to roll up cotton yeah i don't know <laughs> no, i would like, say yes oh, i'm gonna it actually while we're talking i'm gonna start quilling this bag which is made out of foil paper, <laughs> paper. Oh, you're gonna do it you're gonna do it yeah, i'm gonna try it i mean okay maybe it's not really quilling but you know i don't have a thing i only have the this paintbrush so but do you remember remember when we when we um were in uh when we were in uh China and we me and Arnie and Oscar, Arnie's oldest son, when we when we went over to learn quilling from you in your apartment? Do you remember this? Yes, I do. And we were like, we're gonna get so good at it. We only did it one time. We were we did one <laughs> lesson, we were like, we're gonna do this every night. And you I mean you were busy, you had your other painting and stuff and uh and but we do you remember we came up with like gangsta quilling names yeah i think you were ghost face quilla i was thinking about you the other day because i'm sure you don't have it anymore but you know how you can get things made you know like we would go to the fabric market i wore it i wore it at the weekend you wore the, that skirt that you had? It was a dress. And everyone always says, that fits you perfectly. And I'm like, yeah, because it was made. It was literally made for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I still have, I have my dress too, but I, it was made out of the same fabric that you, I think you had a you skirt. You have a skirt and I have a dress. I think, I oh, dress isn't it? Or oh, you have a dress, but it's a different cut. Yours goes in and mine goes out. But... I wear, I wear it so much that it's like see-through. That's the one that, yeah, mine's the same, but it's a different cut. And what's really funny is now I would have that cut. You would? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, so mine goes out more, yours goes in, but now I would buy that. So that's really funny because like, that's probably, I'm probably the age you were when you, <laughs> you were in China. <laughs> Exactly. So that's the difference, isn't it? Like my my dress is probably not age appropriate anymore. So I think about you when I, you know, when I wear that dress, I think that about Josie and I have matching dresses. And <laughs> but try to, but then, but the thing is, like, so one of the reasons why I collect these bags is because I have like a really bad memory. I have these images in my head of like things that we did. Like I remember, 
I don't even know. Nothing happened there. I remember being with you at the dumpling place. Uh-huh. Like, there was like a dumpling place. There I was. remember this. I was obsessed with the dumpling place. You were obsessed with the dum- yeah. dumpling place. That's probably why I remember it. You were yeah, because I pro- it probably happened five times and you've just thought of it as like that, you know, like the one. And that's why I remember that you're vegetarian. Oh, but I'm sort of, you know, I sway a bit now. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, because I was... So I these are the bags that I have left of China. And so I was, I picked like the, only, I only have two vegetarian ones left. I have, I have a kim, kimchi. Nice. And what's this one, what's the red one? I mean, it's in Chinese, who knows? Oh, yeah. what is it? It's some kind of meat. It's, no, it's kimchi. Oh, that's kimchi. What's the other one? Seaweed and seaweed. seaweed. Okay. What are you thinking? Oh, did I even get these in China? No, I know I got them in China, but somewhere else they're in my Chinese thing. But there's like a K-pop singer on the back of the kimchi, so I'm thinking maybe these they're Korean. Oh yeah, but um, but so yeah, so I have those. Those are the two vegetarian ones I left, and then I've gone through a lot of them, and the rest of them are all the rest of the Chinese ones I have are all beef flavor. Oh yeah, nice. Mm. Sushi flavored. Sushi flavored. Yeah, I wonder what sushi flavor means. It's It's probably seaweed flavor. You went to China as a resident of the Chinese European Art Center, which is how we met. Yeah. And you were, if I remember correctly, you went for the garbage. I went for the garbage originally. Yeah, yeah. The garbage dump. So can you tell me a little bit about your, what what kind of work you were doing when you went there? Yeah. I was painting scrap. I was painting like little scrapyards and I was just really inspired by, do you know, Edward Batinsky, the um, photographer, he did this um, book and then an accompanying um, documentary called Manufactured Landscapes. And it's just incredible. And in, and in China, there was a lot of photographs of like, well, a lot of it was scrap. Well, he went there and then maybe it was 10 years probably like five or 10 years later that I was like thinking, oh, maybe I could go and paint some. And I I was really interested in doing that. I think I wasn't really sure why I was so taken with it. I feel like I know a bit more now about why, but like, what? well, because of, I I suppose broadly speaking, there's this human thing, like attraction to order and chaos and the, and the, harmony that can be created between the two like and scrap is I mean it's chaos isn't it and but then there's the order there when there's multiples of the same thing you know people love multiples of the same thing so there's your order thing you know you look at a sea of stuff and you think like what is that or something to do with wonder like I've always been interested in wonder you know and a lot of stuff that's wondrous is natural but tons of stuff that's wondrous is man-made as well you know it's like how is it possible that someone has created that thing so um or that sea of stuff you know this sea (laughs) of stuff that yeah um china just blew my mind completely like i'd been to southeast asia to some different countries but china was different in a lot of ways yeah, it just totally blew my mind in the things that I saw. Just like what? the landscape. The natural landscape. Yeah, well, natural, but none of it's completely natural because right. everything's been, you know, changed somehow, yeah. which is something that I kind of love. I know that a lot of people prefer everything to be very natural, but that, like, I suppose this comes with the whole, 
you know, order and chaos business. Like I'm, I'm really into people, you know, I'm, I love, if I go to some, like I know people who live where I am in Liverpool often go walking in Wales and they're like, oh, there's no one there. You know, you go up the mountains and there's no one there and it's just amazing. You're just getting away. And I'm not into it. We go walking in the Lake District. There's tons of people in the Lake District, but I like the people. I want the people as well. I want to chat to people when I'm walking and come across someone and, you know, I don't know. It's well, don't you think there can be there can be both? I mean, that's I think that that's what the what the problem is in in China is that there's not there is both. You have a natural landscape and you have people everywhere. I think that what the problem is is that it's a little bit out of balance their usage of and ours everywhere. I mean, I'm just saying in China. I'm saying like every everywhere is that there's like sort of an unequal balance of chaos and order. Well, for me, I've made this connection between you, the quilling and the garbage. I have to like, on a personal note, you say that you like people and you like these man-made things and you love looking at this order and chaos and the juxtaposition between the order and chaos. I don't mind chaos in theory. Like I don't mind chaos in people, but I cannot stand garbage and stuff. I get really anxious. Like it makes me anxious and unable to concentrate. And I, and also I have a guilt thing about garbage so like it's getting it's reached a point now like in the u.s where where i live they have garbage collection but it costs too much so people just throw their garbage like out of out the window in bags you know in all summer people have been throwing garbage out their windows and out their moving cars and like over sides of mountains and uh and you don't see it because there's like a bunch of trees and grass and everything covering it and vines then once things start dying back, you see all of this garbage. So then basically it just reveals itself. Yeah. Of plastic bottles and like McDonald's cups and, you know, like stuff like that. And it's makes me super anxious. Like I get really anxious about it, not because it's chaos, just because at this point in the game, it makes me so angry that the individual person is responsible for keeping control over their garbage. I feel like the corporations and the businesses who are creating this garbage, creating things like potato chip bags, need to be taking the responsibility for their disposal. But they instead, everything, the policies and everything shove this responsibility back on us. So they tell us we have to recycle it, which is not the most efficient way of dealing with this garbage you know and there's technology now but yeah it's not really working with the quilling. oh no it's not working and how yeah. are you i mean it's source of is it's curling but not in any kind of like shape that i can control i mean that's the thing the paper has a sort of a memory that like yeah. the plastic doesn't have it yeah. sort of it, it stays in place the plastic's yeah. got a mind of its own hasn't it Part of the reason why I feel like I have to do something with this garbage is to alleviate my guilt for collecting garbage and and that it'll become art. And also, like, where's the line between garbage and art? Like, well, exactly. I mean, yeah. And it is. And it's only garbage when you say it is. It's like plants are only weeds when you decide that they're a weed, you know, and all this stuff. So yours isn't. But people get really mad. Like Arnie gets really angry he gets really angry with me when I say 
because some, sometimes I say, I don't want to create any, I don't want to buy materials and create art out of materials that I buy because I just feel like I'm just adding more junk to the world. Uh-huh. Not that I'm not saying that the, the, the execution or that my work is junk. I mean, it doesn't lessen my guilt to know, yeah. that, to know that. Like, cause I, I kind of feel like. Oh, the really? guilt's only, the guilt's only worth it if it works though. There is a point when having more guilt isn't going to make you behave any differently and you need to just let it go. Oh yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, that's, that's the, the thing is like the guilt doesn't, the guilt, feeling guilty doesn't really get you anywhere unless it's a motivation to help you do something. You know what you just said about like, oh, can art really make an impact on something anyway? And I think about this a lot all the time because I think as artists, we're a little bit susceptible to thinking we can change the world. <laughs> I, I'm not of that mind. <laughs> I was like, that. That, you know, maybe nothing we do really matters that much. I think I told you that story about when I asked Chen Fu if my nose was too, if he thought my nose was big. I think you know that? I think you said it. I can't remember what you said to me, but I remember that. I think I remember you telling me this. Well, yeah, well, I, I asked him, we were on the plane to Wuchow and I said, Chen Fu, we were talking about something and he, he had said something about, yeah, some way that Europeans look. And I said, Chen Fu, do you think that my nose is too big? Because that was one thing that Chinese people always would come up to me the first time I went there and be like, oh my gosh, your nose is so big. And and at first I was getting offended, but then it was just so funny. It went like, it had an arc. Like at first it was funny and then it got like so tiresome. And then, and then, and then I got, and I got, then I got used to it and it was just like used to it. And I just expected it. And then at the end I was so tired of listening to it again. So it was just like, you know, for a while I was okay with it. And then it went back to me being super offensive, even though, but what he said to me was, I said, do you think my nose is too big? And he said, uh, not too big, just too big for your face. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> so that was like, oh, that's so good. I know that's, that was my, but that was, it was good because I mean, he's not, he's not saying it to be offensive and he's not. So I think that was his attempt at being tactful. But then all those, you know, all those times that people said something like that, it probably didn't happen as much as you think as well. All those times and you were offended. Maybe it's like it, if it wasn't, the intention wasn't, probably wasn't there to do right. that, was it? It's just, they're just like stating a fact or stating what, just saying something that they think or like, yes. yeah, I don't know. And it is funny. If you can get over if you can like lose your ego, things are so much funnier. I mean, everything can just be hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think your nose is really bit. I mean, it wasn't the first thing I noticed about you. I have to say. Well, <laughs> my, my my Chinese uh, my Chinese acrobatics teacher, like my first one in the states, who was Chinese, he always said I look like a demon. <laughs> sometimes so pretty, sometimes so ugly. He says ugly. Sometimes so pretty, sometimes so ugly. And then and then I said, well, like, uh, you know, why why ugly? And he's like, you look like a demon. And I could not figure it out until we were looking at some ancient Chinese painting of demons. And then I realized, oh, I totally get what he's saying now. They all have red hair. Oh. And green eyes. Yeah, red hair, green eyes, and like big noses and big teeth. So <laughs> I understand. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Wow. 
but but that but I do miss that. I mean, I miss that about China, that directness and just the the there's no I, I you don't have to sort through what people wow. actually mean. It's just like they're just going to tell you right there like this is what I'm thinking. What I mean whether or not it's an accurate assessment. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. People can think all they like. It doesn't mean it's true. Right. You know, and it doesn't mean the majority think that way either because certain people who won't think anything but they just won't tell you even chinese people you know who'll be thinking something else and they just won't say it necessarily you know yeah. but yeah. i totally know what you mean about the directness and i love and i love that sort of person and i you know and i know it can be tough if someone tells you something that they believe is true and you don't agree but i just sort of prefer it <laughs> i think on like yeah i do prefer it i mean if it's just really harsh and insulting it's one thing but if it's like just I don't know if you can try and take things with a pinch of salt a little bit, then yeah, yeah, you well, you you get more from it. I don't want you like. I just think I don't want people to be scared about telling me something, right? About what kind of reaction they're going to get because if they're scared, they won't tell me things that I should maybe hear you know that might be important or whatever right yeah I get a little like right now like I get a little bit teary when I think about the fact that we might not be able to go there again because I mean I think that like that is part of our like life plan was to spend more time time there and like have Arnie's parents there and to be able to just like go back and forth and I think that like when I think about the possibility that we might not be able to go there again it makes me it could just be you and me like crying about <laughs> crying our eyes out about not being able to go back to shaman and yeah, like, yeah. I mean I mean nothing it's never it's never the same and nothing's ever the same as it was you know sometimes the memory is what you you have to be happy with the memory <laughs> for listening and if you have any questions or comments about what you heard today please post them to the review section of your podcast player so if you use apple podcasts you click on the show thumbnail and scroll down to leave a review and then whatever happens after that is up to you but hopefully it's nice you can also leave posts at on instagram at at memory chips podcast